Welcome to this week's Priority Now podcast, encouraging women to become better disciples of Jesus. Every week we hear from women just like us that are being intentional to know Jesus more and to make Him known. Here's your host, Carmen Halsey. Hi, ladies, and welcome to this week's Priority Now podcast. We're glad you're with us. This week we have joining us Miss Amy Nebel. Amy is a member of First Baptist Church in Carmi, and Amy um, went on a mission trip with me to South Asia a couple years ago, and I asked her if she would just join me today and share a little bit about that trip and how God used that trip in our lives. And, ladies, this is just transparency. Um, I asked several people that was on that team to be part of this podcast, and your friend here, Carmen, messed up the recording. So so I apologize for that, and I hope you can hear some of that in the future as we go. But today, Amy's with us. So Amy, thank you for being with us today. Whoa. A couple, three years ago, we did a we did a short-term mission trip, and there, there were several of us from Illinois that went into South Asia. And Amy, would you take just a few minutes just to tell, just to tell the ladies a little bit about that trip? Because I know you've been on several mission trips. Well, this was my second time to uh to be there, but uh, the first time that uh, my daughter and I traveled with a team, uh, Kimberly, Sal, and a group out of uh, South Carolina, basically, uh, we went there to um, kind of learn a little bit. It was a vision trip, and it was to uh, hopefully learn and to get to work with um, some of the human trafficking that was taking place there in that area. So we went out to some of the villages. We worked at the Light of Hope Center, and um, you know, it was just kind of one of those uh, put your feet on the ground, kind of see what it looks like for uh, for Illinois to maybe make a return trip. We felt that very confident. We felt like this was uh, a place where we could definitely see uh, a need for us to be involved, uh, that God would use us there in this area. Uh, so uh, we made plans. Uh, I know, you know, like you said, that we returned with a second team. Uh, the second team was going to do more um, ministry with the women there. And uh, we also were going to work at the Light of Hope. We worked at the Light of Light Center also. So we got to have a pretty good view of the country itself, uh, the people Uh, working alongside with our missionaries, uh, traveling out to the villages. A really good trip, I felt like, you know, it was was definitely a a huge need there in the area for us to get to be a part of that. I want to zone in on an incident that our team experienced on that particular trip, because it's an incident that God has used in my life, and I know He's used it in in your all's lives also. But I want to go ahead and fast forward and take us to an event. We had landed in, in the area that we were going to, and we'd spent our first overnight got our clothes, you know, and got reacclimated and stuff. And, and then we caught an in-country flight and went to the location that we would be spending most of our week working. And we were out about in the city. It was Easter weekend. We were out and about because it was a celebration that was going on like our 4th of July. It would have been their Independence Day. So we'd been assigned to national partners and were out in the celebration and looking for opportunities to build relationships and to story. But it was a lot different than maybe what we would have done here because it was we had to be much more discreet. Number one, we were women. Number two, we were in a closed country. So we were following the lead of our national partners. And then um, at the end of the day, because we would spend most of our day at, um, we'd get up, we all stay at the guest house, we do, you know, kind of our morning routine, we'd go out about through our day, and then we'd come back together and do like a debrief and then nightly devotions. So this night would have been, I don't know, maybe our third night together, fourth night since we'd left. So we were in the routine of what we were doing. But this night was a little bit different when it came devotion time. And um, Amy, I'm just going to ask you, would you would you just unpack what that evening looked 
like for us? Uh, yeah, I think at dinner time, like we had dinner first, if you remember. And I can remember seeing some conversations uh, maybe between some of the leadership there. And, you know, you just start picking up on some things and you're thinking something's a little different. Something's going on here tonight. But uh, at this point in time, we, we really didn't have a clue yet what, what was getting ready to unfold. And uh, so we did go and we had our um, team uh, devotion, our, our, you know, kind of our debriefing for the day. And I can remember at the end of that, we were told at that point that there had been a um, situation that we had to address as a team. We had to, d- to decide what we wanted to do. But uh, basically, one of our team members that we were working with, one of our international team members, I guess I should say, um, had received that there was supposedly a, um, a death threat um, that had been put out uh, her name on this list that, uh, you know, she was wanted. And, um, you know, working with her was obviously going to put all of us um, in a situation that we had to uh, decide at that point um, if we were going to continue to work with her or if we wanted to kind of play it safe and back off a little bit and do something completely different. Um, we were told that there had been a beheading, basically. Someone had uh, taken a machete and um, basically beheaded someone, a Christian, just what was it, the day before uh, or just right there um, when we arrived into the country. And um, so there was a lot of uh, attention at that moment. I remember the question came, do we do we continue to serve or do we play it safe? And uh, you have you as a team have a decision to make tonight. And um, I think at that point the, the room was just silent. You know, nobody really knew what to say. Nobody really knew what to do. And I can just remember just all the things that begin to rush all the thoughts that begin to rush through your head, you know, and mm-hmm. I think everybody needed a few minutes just to process it. But then one by one, uh, I can remember everybody just kind of slowly begin to, to pour out their thoughts, begin to pour out their hearts. Nobody really wanted to make that decision that night. But I can remember the moment that we heard that news. It really put a new perspective on things. You know, we had come to serve and you're serving in a country where where they face these kind of things day in and day out. All of a sudden now we had put our we found ourselves in this same situation. Mm, yeah, they they face them day in, day out. We don't. We hear about them and we imagine what we would do, you know, if we're in those shoes. But it was a little bit different being there. Um, and, and ladies that are listening, that's one of the reasons I wanted to invite um, my friends in and, and go back to that moment is because this week um, I, I heard it was Kelly Minter. It was one of her um, teaching sessions. It's for one of her Bible studies, I think, Everyday Faith. But anyway, I was I was walking and listening to one of the teaching sessions for that. And she referenced a time that she was with a friend in Hawaii. And she was, you know, she said um, when she was there, they were just there on a vacation. She went with a friend, didn't really want to go, but it was like a getaway, you know, for a friend. And she wanted her to go along. So she did. And so she was just going about her business and she got one of those um, security alerts. You know how we get like the, the weather alerts and stuff on our phone. And basically she looked down and they, it was saying that they were under a missile threat. You know, and um, and when she what she was doing is she was unpacking this thought and she was asking commoners, you know, islanders like, what do you do? And there and, and it didn't take her long to realize that this was not a normal thing. This wasn't a this wasn't a drill. Um, nobody had ever had a warning like that on their phone and nobody knew what to do because basically there was nothing to do. There was no way of taking protection. And Amy, I just remember you and your husband were on vacation in Hawaii and you got that same alert. So when I heard her talk about that, it just resonated with me because I'm like, I remember you sending me a text of your screenshot um, of, of being there. Do you remember that? Oh yeah, definitely. That was a yeah. moment. <laughs> Go ahead and unpack that moment for us, because that's that's where I want to go with our podcast today for our audience. 
Yeah, it was one of those things. We, uh, My husband and I were in our hotel room, and we were actually getting ready to go down to the beach. Uh, we were going to meet some friends of ours. We were there with a group, and we were headed down to meet them at the pool. And I can remember we just looked at it, and I was like, is this for real? And, and he's like, well, I don't know. And so we walked out to our patio, and we look, and like people down below us out on the beach, you know, we could had a beach view there and people were just going about normal life. So I'm like, well, it must not be that big of a deal. Let's just go ahead and grab our stuff and head down there. And, um, you know, like probably, I think it was 30 minutes or so after the first alert came through and you got another alert saying, you know, basically it'd been a false alarm. But I guess at that moment for me, it was just kind of like, okay, let's just go about life and do what we do. Because if this missile is headed towards us, there's nothing I can do at this moment to change to change the course, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm stuck mm -hmm. on an island. Uh, we are in uh, below sea level here. There's a lot of things that are going to go wrong real fast. And getting off this island is definitely not a, not an option. Mm -hmm. Once again, it was just so surreal that you you really didn't know if it was if it was the real deal. But mm -hmm. some people they, they talked about some people were scurrying around. Some people checked out of their hotel rooms and, and tried to make it, you know, 15, 20 minutes across the island to get to the airport to get a flight off the island. Well, you know, by that point in time, we should have all probably had the missile hit. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, just listening to the responses. Some people they talked about um, took their children and took the manhole covers off and dropped their kids down in those, in those underground holes because mm -hmm. they wanted their kids to be safe. I mean, it didn't make a lot of sense to me, but what you saw and what you heard in the aftermath was there was a lot of pandemonium, everybody trying to figure out how to make it work with just a few minutes left. The stories were were incredible as you, yeah. as you talk to people after the fact, just listening right. to what it happened. Right. Well, you know, when I listened to Kelly, what she was telling the listeners, you know, the me's, the Carmen's that were listening on to her teaching, what she was telling them is, is she said that was the first time that she was ever in the shoes that she literally felt she could be dying in the next few minutes. And she said, you know, now that she's on this side of it, she talked about calling her pastor at that time. And regardless the fact that she's here today, she said that minute will forever be part of her life. And it has forever changed her um, because she's never, you know, she's never lived in those shoes and she, you know, she's been involved in a lot. And, and but she said when she knew I, th this is this is really it. I could be dying right now. And and she talked about how I'm going to use Carmen's words, that crisis of faith. Is this really real? What I believe, you know, what's getting ready to happen to me and hers. Well, she does a lot of mission trips, but that wasn't a mission trip in hers. And that's why I wanted to reach out to you guys today, because I, I knew exactly what she was talking about, because it brought me back to this experience that that God allowed all of us to experience that night on that trip. And um, and it's forever changed me. And I and I think I know it's forever changed you guys. Because in that moment, in that moment, I don't, it doesn't matter what was real to somebody else. It was my story and it was your story that God allowed. He ordained us to live that moment. And you're right. Um, we went around and everybody started weighing in. It was like, you know, this is why we come. And, you know, um, if Gail Faulkner was on here, she would talk about remembering Lindsay, you know, looking at her journal. And, you know, a young, her words would be a young mama, you know, saying, what would I tell my kids if this is what I come for? What would they think if I wasn't willing to die, you know, for Jesus? And shared things out of her journal and 
And and I think many of us, you know, um, the others on the team will tell you, you know, we went into prayer meetings that night. We weren't going to bed, you know, without prayer. And I can tell you it was prayer like I've never prayed. You know, I was on my knees, you know, and, and I just remember God kept bringing to mind the Bible story of Paul you know, on the boat saying, we're going to get to Rome. He said, you're going to get to Rome. You're going to get to Rome. And I just kept thinking that we're going to get to Rome. In other words, we're coming out of this. It doesn't mean it's going to be comfortable. But the point I want to talk about today for our listeners and for, and for us is how that event, just like Kelly Minter, how that's changed you. You know, that point when it was like, okay, line in the sand, do we believe what we believe? Um, are our lives really God? When you get a picture, when you get a picture of how our brothers and sisters are living in the hard places and what they're putting on the line every single day. And I remember our one national partner, we were going into a village one day and she turned around in the van and she looked at me and she said, Carmen, Carmen, she could speak broken English. She said, God is working here. And she named her city. She said, you know how I know that with just a smile on her face ear to ear. And she said, because there's persecution, there's persecution. If there was no persecution, God wouldn't be working. And it just resonated on my heart because um, that was her metric. Not how many baptisms, not how many people's coming to church. Is there persecution? Is there persecution? And as I come home from that trip, ladies, I just remember thinking, am I ready for what could come to us? Am I living a life that, that could stand up to persecution? And I remember telling Keith, Keith, I'm afraid I'm not strong enough to stand. It's coming. It's coming. And that's, that's the purpose of today's conversation. Just like Kelly Mentor, just like you ladies, we're, we're living in a time of a sense of urgency. And persecution is here. And it may not feel like a machete. It may not look like a machete. But a lot of you guys have tasted persecution right now. And we want to make sure that we're women that are that that we're ready to stand strong in our faith for whatever, whatever God may ordain in our path um, to be to be able to withstand it for the for the gospel. How has that event changed you in living your now day-to-day life, your everyday life here in the United States? You know, just just what I call your mission field of your of your life and your zip code that God has you planted. Well, I think definitely uh, it, it was an impactful moment, and it was one of those moments that you don't forget anytime soon. You know, I think I, I go back to the day that we had the meeting in the evening. Um, my team, we had split up into different groups and my group had went and worked with some of these younger girls, uh, that were learning English. And, you know, the part of the way that they would teach them uh, English was that they would teach them by using Bible verses. And I remember the verse for the day was the Philippians 121. And if you know that verse, uh, it says, you know, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And I can remember, uh, they didn't quite understand that verse and they kept asking us, but the you know, it doesn't make sense. What, what does that mean? What does that mean? And we were trying to explain to them, you know, that, that to die is to gain and, and we're not gaining anything here. We're gaining what God has for us in, in you know, heaven and in, in the eternal life. And, you know, oh, you know, we were so supportive of that. And we were so uh, positive about this is a good thing. This is a good thing. But all of a sudden when the tables have flipped on us and now we're facing the same persecution mm-hmm. possibly that, that we've been telling them all along, it's a good thing because we haven't really faced that. You know, we didn't quite understand what that looked like. Um, we, we live here in the United States and things are pretty good here and we don't have to worry mm-hmm. about things. But all of a sudden now that played in my mind a lot uh, and it still plays in my mind a lot because mm-hmm. um, how do I encourage them to live that life and to follow Christ, knowing that it's, it's gain, knowing the persecution takes place all around them, 
when yet am I willing to live that life here? You know, if that ever comes, push comes to shove, is that going to be the moment that we are going to rise? You know, that I'm mm-hmm. going to rise because I feel like uh, at that in at that moment when I heard that news, there was a part of me that wanted to tuck tuck tail and run. You know? Oh um, yeah. And I think all of us did. But then you then you begin to process it and you begin to think things through and you you realize that this is real life. This is real life for many of our brothers and sisters in other countries. We've not faced much of that, but I feel like that's something that we are going to begin to face more and more in our future here, even in the United States. Mm -hmm. So has it changed my life? Maybe it doesn't look like that on a daily basis. Um, Not always, but yes, it was, it was a very impactful moment for my life. You felt God in a way that maybe I can't say that I never had felt, but you know, we Mm -hmm. talk about that peace that passes understanding. I, I can go back to that moment. And there was such a peace that God gave us knowing whatever the outcome was, he was still in control and it was still him that was was leading us and guiding us through this moment. And it's the same here today. So when I get to those points where I feel like this this situation is is totally out of hand, I don't even understand how to get through this day, through this moment, I kind of go back to that moment and remember, you know, I gotta t- I gotta get on my knees. I gotta pray about this because the same God that that carried me through that moment is carrying me through my everyday moments here in the United States. Absolutely. Absolutely. On the trip, obviously, and it felt like a lot of times that we were like in in a New Testament story, you know, going into some of the villages and so forth. And and I remember at one time we were going into a village and we're just walking. And of course, people were coming and kids were coming and they were coming to get us to to bring us into certain houses to pray for them. Now, this was after that incident. And um, they it, and they were bringing us because they were convinced we could make a difference in whatever that they were coming to get us to pray for. And I can remember there was one instance because they couldn't speak English. Our interpreter could, you all could speak English. And I remember they come to get me to lay hands on a, on a man and I didn't want to be fake. And I was having trouble believing myself that, that, can I just be honest? I wasn't convinced what I was looking at. And I, and I felt like I don't want to play a game. And I remember praying out loud and you guys might remember this, like, God, I don't even know that I believe you know, help me. But I said, I don't want to be fake here in front of you, God, like I'm trying to pray something that that I don't know that you will do or that you can do. And that was a faith stretch for me. And, um, you know, since that time, obviously, there's been a lot of life that I've lived and God grows our faith. But but this is my point of today. God allows opportunities like that in our life that the whole world could explain away. But ladies, if you're listening, when you live those moments, you ponder those, you know, here at this, you know, this season, you ponder those. Those are not moments to explain away. Those are moments that God pursuing a relationship with you has allowed in your life, just like Kelly with the missile, you know, warning in in Hawaii, just like us in that evening, you know, in South Asia, he allows them because he's wanting to do something through you, through us, that's going to strengthen our faith to be able to withstand wherever he's going to place us to, for him to do what he wants to do through us. So do something in us so that we're ready for what he wants to do through us. You know, since that time, ladies, this is what I've grown to know. If you're part of our priority journey, you'll you'll understand this. Last week, we kept saying what? To know Jesus more and to make him known. And what I realized then is, you know what? They weren't coming to see Carmen I had way too much attention on what Carmen could do and couldn't do. And the way that looked in my life is I didn't want to be embarrassed in case he didn't. You know, there's a lot of stories like that in the Bible, right? And here we were practicing stories. And I'm like, Carmen, 
your pride was so huge. You were too worried what it would look like if he didn't do this instead of just trusting God with it. They didn't come to see Carmen. They come to see God. And it was my job to be a vehicle and let him manifest himself through me. And if I didn't see him answer something in front of my eyes, then what? To go back and discuss that with him in the secret place, right? God, here's what I was thinking. God, I don't know if you can do this. And here's the reality. I don't, he, he may have well healed whatever we prayed for, but just because it didn't happen in front of my eyes. But all that opportunity just shook me. You know, it just shook me and really challenged my faith. And, and I think that's what, that's collectively the message that we're trying to share with our listeners today. There's a lot going on in the world. You all have experiences like this daily. It may not be on a short-term mission trip to South Asia, but you may have just life coming at you and you think, man, how much more can I take? Or and it's just challenging your faith. It's, it's, you know, it's causing you to question some things. Can I just say, you may prefer a machete to your neck than maybe some of what you're living through. Mark Emerson was my pastor years ago, and, and I don't know that this was his original, but I remember him saying, it's easier to die for Christ than it is to live for him sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, and I think that could be a true statement. So that was, our, that was our purpose today. You know, we just want to encourage you to say, times are tough. You know, when we look at a lot that's going on in our world and with religious liberties and stuff like that, God will not, God will not ever leave us alone and anything he's wanting to do through us. He will position us, but we, we need to be that ready vessel and he's preparing us for that. So don't miss, don't take for granted any opportunity that he let you live through, regardless if it seems significant to somebody else or not. And, you know, Amy, that's the thing I remember um, Kelly Minter saying, you know, other people just kind of laughed it off. And she said, it is kind of funny now when she tells the story. But her laughter doesn't take away from what she felt in that moment. It forever, it forever changed her. And friend, I immediately thought back of you because I know you lived the one experience side by side with me. And I know you're on your knees praying with me that night. But I thought I remember getting the text from you from Hawaii. What might we had a short term experience. A lot of our ladies have lived their own experiences. What encouragement would you give to somebody that may feel like life's tough right now. Maybe, maybe they feel like there's persecution that's in their life. And again, it may not be a machete, but it may be um, somebody questioning their faith, you know, somebody challenging what they believe, somebody um, getting to speak up. How would you encourage that person? Well, I, I kind of go back to what I said earlier. It, it's the same God. And I think, unfortunately, for many of us for so long, we've had a very easy, comfortable life, even within the church, you know, and um, I feel like the same God that saves and um, protects, gives that peace, that passive understanding is the same God that we have here. And there are going to be those hard days. And that's when we really have to lean in and we have to lean in hard. You know, I think we're all going to face those those times. And I, I don't know, for me, I, I just really have to go back to his word. I have to to spend that time in prayer. I have to surround myself with the people that I know that are true friends that are going to lift me up and then are going to be the the ones that are standing beside you, you know, as you go through these times. And I'm thankful that we have those people in our lives. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that you're going to have to become more supportive of, of each other. I think too many times we're too quick to tear each other down. And, and I feel like, you know, when you go over to these other countries and you see they're so excited that we've, we've arrived, you know, you know, they want to have parades for you and they want to give you everything. They want you to come to their houses because they're so excited. And is it, you know, I have to question it sometimes. Is it the excitement that we're here or is it the excitement of what we're bringing? And this really should be more about the excitement of what we're bringing. You know, we're bringing God. We're bringing the, the encouragement to them. We're bringing yeah. the, the love. 
that in the light, yeah. we should be doing the same thing right here. Yeah, that is so good. You know, Amy, that that I think is, if there's one thing that God, there's a lot he's done in my life with the transformation. But if there's the one thing that keeps resonating, I am the ambassador, I'm the vessel, God's glory rests on us. It rests on us. When we physically go, that means God's God's going. He goes through us. We're, we, we transport him. We transport him. But, oh, my, how much how much um, pressure I put on myself, you know, to perform. And, again, and, ladies, I would not have known it. Clearly a blind spot that God has opened. And that's what, for me, he opened my eyes during that time. But can I tell you, he's continued to unpack that story and use it as he's transformed me, you know. And I believe that's the sanctification process. That's the sanctification process. Amy, thank you again for being with us today. Thank you for sharing your part of the story. I know it's definitely made an impact on each one of us, and I think God continues to unpack that in our minds. So thank you, friend. If you're not connected with us, connect. Follow us on Facebook at Illinois Baptist Women. You can find us on Instagram at, at Illinois Baptist Women, or our website has all of our resources at ibsa.org backslash women. We don't need to do it alone, friends. So make sure you're connected to the community. And I'll see you next week on the Priority Now podcast. You've been listening to the Priority Now podcast with host Carmen Halsey. Resources mentioned today are listed in the episode notes in the podcast app. Stay connected with us through social media and our website, ibsa.org slash women.